welcome back to Rivet. This is Afi. I am really excited today. I have so much to say. And um, it just feels really like awkward and weird. Like after uh, not being like able to make an episode after a while, I've been quite busy. Um, but I'm back. Uh, well, initially I wanted to kind of like upgrade my podcast game and include like fun stuff and I don't know like a much better um, audio quality but I just don't have the time so let's just do this amateur style um today we are going to talk about the future of our planet okay it sounds like a really big topic because it really is but we're gonna talk about it from um James Lovelock's James Lovelock's perspective so for the past few months i've been following a lot of interesting climate activists and also environmental activists and i also recently discovered the term climate optimist it, it i think it basically means someone who um is like someone who kind of has a great feeling about climate uh how do I put this? Not a great feeling. Like someone who is optimistic about the future of our um, climate and our planet. And I think that is a much better term. I mean, it 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 sounds so much more interesting than climate activists. But um, at the end of the day, um, those are just words. I think what really means more is what kind of effort and uh, how much you are willing to learn and to grow in fighting against climate change together so i think i have spoken about james lovelock in my previous episodes um actually i got really into studying about the planet and our home by reading two of his two was it two two or three of his books and those were the gaia books so if you don't know, James Lovelock is the famous Gaia theorist. So he came up with this theory that the Earth is actually like a super mega organism that is somewhat alive. And to me, like although um, I've read a few articles online and there are people just saying, like, okay, um, this is kind of bullshitting uh, it 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 sounds like it's not like true and stuff because it's not exactly factual but um i somewhat understood it in a different point of view like to me it's like a beautiful thing to um kind of like imagine that the earth is um alive which is technically true it's it's just that like it it makes you feel more closer and more and more like connected uh, to your home instead of just I'm um, thinking about it as a piece of like land like a big ball of like land and gases like it's more than that the the planet is more than just our home so those books are really life changing um i love them very much so a few months ago i read Novacine which is I think his last book I'm not sure if, if he's going to write more books right but it's 
um, definitely his latest book. It's called Novacine. So basically, Novacine also, like to some people, it, it sounds like a bunch of <laughs> bullcrap. But um, it's really interesting because um, it talks about the future of our planet. And in this book, um, Lovelock actually suggested that the future of our planet lies in the hands of artificial intelligence. And um, the the kind of the kind of artificial intelligence that he meant was something like I'm not sure like if it's exactly godlike, but I think I think it is because um it's what he meant is almost as if humans are incapable of solving climate change and even in the years to come. So the best we can do is just leave it to a bunch of machines and also technology. And a bunch of people, um, they also agree and they also believe that um, technology is like somewhat our salvation. Like it's, it's like like to them, it's like the solution. They believe that um, technology, machinery, and like all these great um, machine, machine revolved um, solutions are the thing that is going to help save us um it definitely um offers like a very different perspective because to me i always felt like it's something that has to do with our behavior and how we see things as valuable and also like how we tend to think that something is so much more important than one thing because it gives us more profit and i think that is the sort of behavior that people need to change and um, also selfishness as well because a lot of climate deniers are they like they mostly think that um i mean i wouldn't say mostly because i haven't really like spoken to a bunch of climate deniers but um as much as i've read um, I think I saw this video on YouTube where um, it was like climate skeptics uh, versus climate activists, or, or it was something like that. And then the climate, um, one of the climate climate skeptics said that um, he was talking about the water situation in the U.S. and he was saying something like, um, "Using water is um, part of his right," and <laughs> I think it was like something about him not being able to uh, water his plants that much and he needs to conserve water as um, part of the law or like the not the law like the like the state regulation or something like that and he was definitely against it because he felt like it is in his right to be able to use as much water as he wants and no and like nobody is supposed to tell him how much water he is supposed to use and yeah it's it's just mostly link to um, people's behavior and their unreadiness I'm not sure if that's a word like they're like they're just not ready to change their behaviors their shopping habits their uh, energy use habits because like I said they're just not ready for it they're not ready for the conversation or they're not ready to face the like they are not okay that was just 
the car outside my house. Yeah. They are not ready to face the consequences, but at the same time, they're not ready to do something to to do something to avoid it. So yeah, that's one thing about climate skeptics that climate skeptics that I learned. So what was I saying? I think you just lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, so this book is really interesting because um, he named the book Novel Scene because it uh, basically, um, um, it's like a transition from the Holocene to the Anthropocene. And then um, in his point of view, the finale um, of it all is the Novel Scene. And the Novel Scene is basically um, not dictated like, Gosh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so to him, um, Novacine is uh, basically, um, it basically encompasses um, a planet that is not ruled, but a planet that is saved or, <laughs> yeah, I think saved like is the right word, like saved by machines. So these machines are the ones that will keep the planet at a suitable and also habitable temperature and this planet is this planet pula. <laughs> this these machines are um also um what is needed to come up with solutions that we are unable to conceive or bring about today so yeah like that is like a very like big thing to get to get into because when it comes to machines and also artificial intelligence like people just tend to question like people tend to question so much about it It, so many things can go wrong and there will be a bunch of ethics and like beliefs like so many groups of people like so many um different um not subjects like so many different groups of people from a different and also wide range of expertise will have something to say about it. So um, in my point of view, I wouldn't definitely say that machinery and technology or artificial intelligence is the one and only solution that we have. Um, I think a few months back, I also saw this, I also saw this Instagram post about how people are reacting or fighting climate change and um, it is a very interesting a very interesting um, infographic so um, I'm not sure who wrote this Um, I can't really remember her name right now but um, it's basically like it talks about the behavior of people when it comes to um, speaking about climate change and climate solutions so from the post, um, the lowest, not the lowest. Well, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm actually interpreting this um, in the right way, but I think that like the first stage of like the first stage, the f- the first stage that somewhat represents the um that somewhat uh somewhat represents this group of people are um wait you know what <laughs> let me just like look at it so 
I know exactly what I'm saying. Hold on. It's it's from this Instagram account that is really good at their posting and stuff. Um, I hope I have it saved in my phone so I can share with you guys. Okay, you know what? I'll be back. Just wait for me. <laughs> Okay, I'm back guys and I found exactly what I was talking about. So if you're on Instagram, do check out Chicks for Climate. Um they're my favorite um they're my favorite Instagram account and they talk about feminism and environmentalism together. So the Instagram post that I was talking about is this guide to check in where you are and where you want to be in fighting the climate crisis. So um they divide these they <laughs> somewhat divide the guides into zones so the first zone is called the comfort zone so basically people um from my <laughs> from my interpretation um basically those who are in this comfort zone they either don't understand the climate crisis they deny their privilege are living in the global north countries they're not willing to change their lifestyle so to me i guess people who are in this comfort zone are like deniers of climate change they they, they probably think that climate change is not something that they should be worried of they are too comfortable wherever they are um i wouldn't say this is unnecessarily because they are somewhat ignorant or or selfish and I still feel that there are a lot of people who are still in this comfort zone. I I think it's probably they are probably disconnected from um, everything that's been going on in the world. And that is exactly what I meant about how the change of behavior is really essential before anything else. And um, even though we have these like amazing and these really advanced technology or maybe art- maybe artificial intelligence or whatnot, it's it still feels wrong because like all of like um all of what is happening um around our planet is 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 has something to do with us in one way or another. Like it's the way we consume we consume things how much we consume we are consuming energy our behavior with our environment where we throw our rubbish how we are somewhat managing our ways and and stuff it 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 all has to do with how we live our life in some way or another and although there is no denying that yes the biggest contributed to climate change are fossil fuel industries and um uh clothing or um, textile um, agriculture um, aquaculture all that stuff it it's it still won't i mean it like we cannot make a difference if we all don't want the same thing like everybody have like um, everybody has to be on the same page where 
they want to see a change. Like they want fossil fuel industries to stop or to come up with solutions on on what they're doing in combating climate change. They need to demand to see things happen. You know, um, same goes to big companies like Apple or Nike, um, um, Nike, <laughs> Nike, Adidas, whatever. Um, they won't do something about it unless we want to see it happen. And in order to get everybody on the, on the same page, there has to be growth in the way we deal with the climate crisis. So back to the uh, back to the Instagram post. So um, after the comfort zone, um, there is the fear zone. So the fear zone is basically people who put all responsibility in corporations' hands. They don't think they are accountable for any of their actions, like what I mentioned just now. So yes, it is true that the fossil fuel industries are one of the primary producers, not the primary producers, the biggest contributors to climate change. Um, they mine and they dig up so much. They tear our lands apart and, and stuff. But still, the responsibility lies on everyone's shoulders. It's it's just to the extent of how much responsibility we want to be accountable for. So, yeah, I just feel that the change in behavior is like really, really important before we want to move on to the next step. So lately there has been like so many, I mean, um, it is a good thing that there has been so many um, documentaries, activists that someone opens up conversations about climate change and also in also environmentalism and a lot of global issue uh, a lot of global issues with our fisheries um veganism um agricultural uh agriculture issues uh, land use uh, land conversion all those things that people are there are more people that are trying to open up conversations about it whether in the form of documentaries or podcast um or all throughout social media so it is a good thing that more people are aware about this but at in in some way some people may get it the wrong way like for example the talk and the issue about sus- sustainability so oh my god sorry my house is so loud okay so anyway about sustainability so a lot of people tend to question sustainability and there there are a lot of links on sustainability and also greenwashing a lot of people um they've i mean greenwashing is a global thing um by saying like you like this pose and we will plant 10,000 trees or 100 million trees um when they don't even actually do it um or uh, maybe um do something for the 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 planet by um, saying that you love the earth without actually doing anything. So um, at this point, at this very alarming rate of our environmental degradation and um, 
the increase of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere, we want to see rapid solutions, like things that could actually work. And these things are, they, I mean, planting trees is, is good, but there has to be more things that should be done. And these things can be done by these big corporations, but they just don't want to do it because they tend to think that doing the bare minimum is okay because not many people are actually aware about sustainability or greenwashing. They just figure that uh, people are stupid and they are going to accept and um, <laughs> they're going to somewhat um, accept whatever that they say. So reducing plastic packaging by these big corporations are a good move. But like I said, there has to be more things to be done, especially um, at this point. So one of the things that they can do is um, carbon, um, carbon, carbon offsetting. Um, they can also... Work with, work with other companies and also um, collaborate with um, other um, other technologies, I guess, and not other technologies, like, um, other corporations as well to reduce their um, carbon footprint and also their carbon emissions. Like, we are not just talking about plastics. Like, there has to be more. And what's so frustrating is that these people are able to do it, but like I said, they tend to stick to the bare minimum because they just figure that people don't really know much about sustainability and greenwashing but at the same time although we are aware that there is a lot of issues that is related to sustainability like um in the recent um in the recent documentaries um people have been saying that some of these sustainable or some of these um, ngos are not actually truthful to what they are doing um but that doesn't mean that the entire concept of sustainability is tainted and that doesn't mean that sustainability just won't work at all because sustainable solutions are much better than nothing at all and yeah like same goes to fisheries sustainable fishing like a lot of people um don't um exactly um, understand or see that sustainability sustainable fishing is a thing because there's still going to be bycatch on the boats and um, I think one of the guys have like clarified on this issue and he mentioned that there is going to be bycatch anyway like even on the uh, vessels that have the sustainability uh, mark or a chop or something like that but the levels of bycatch is like um, is much like significantly lower than those vessels that don't have the sustainability um i don't know what do you call that like chop i guess like yeah i guess it's something like that so um in these situations you have to you have to like think like um you know like when you are um in this situation you have to consider um people who work as fishermen People are living in the coastal areas with not much jobs, not many job opportunities then to go out to fish. So if we completely ban or or say no to fishing, then it will definitely, definitely jeopardize a lot of people's um, incomes and also livelihoods. So yeah, like there is such thing as sustainable fishing. There is 
such thing as sustainable clothing, sustainable uh, food. But like, although uh, some of it is like some of these so-called sustainable brands can or have the potential to greenwash us, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the entire concept of sustainability is, is just never going to work. So um, that is one thing um, uh, that we have to um, talk about uh, when it comes to like facing or, or dealing with the climate crisis. So um, um, after the fear zone is the learning zone. So this um, learning zone is, I, I, I guess, is where um, people, um, you know, like once they have, uh, once they have acknowledged uh, climate change and they, they sorry, I have to break pitch up. <laughs> and they um, also um, take, ac- take accountability um, um, in their actions and their um, shopping habits or um, or um, carbon footprint um, they want to seek out more um, information um, about it so they read they uh, look it up on the internet they watch documentaries and the more you learn um, the more you know the better you are at um, understanding um, about this entire issue like the better you are in um, understanding about sustainability and greenwashing and it helps you um it helps you make environment not environment yeah it, it it helps you make environmentally conscious um decisions and it helps you understand that what exactly is going on and what <laughs> what exactly is going on and why have why um hasn't some things are put into an end um how these big corporations are greenwashing us who is greenwashing us and yeah it by um, learning you get more you get more clarity and um you are more exposed to a lot of things that has been discussed a lot of a lot of potential solutions for our uh planet and on reducing the amount of carbon dioxide in our um, atmosphere so um, after the learning zone it's all about growth and it's it's mainly about what are you going to do with all of these information like what are you going to do about them so you can um you can definitely um change your shopping habits you can definitely share this information um, to your friends you can i mean you can also engage in um climate discussions and um, also commit to making more sustainable choices for you and your family and yeah yes we do need technology to help us um to help us improve the help us improve the infrastructures um and also um we also need technology to create more sustainable products yes technology is important but like i said they all won't I mean, we can't completely solve this issue if we are still stuck in this, um, stuck in this mentality where we think that okay, we are not, we are definitely not accountable to climate change at all. That is wrong. Um, yeah, like I think that there is no rush 
in um in like growing and um also understanding climate change i feel like if you don't if you think that you don't really understand or you 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 feel that there is just so much to learn that you just get so that you just get so overwhelmed with the amount of information um, that's okay because there's just so much to talk about anyway like i'm like i don't know like a lot of things as well um i think everyone is um learning and growing together but i feel like that that the most that the most important part is that we acknowledge the problem and we want to do something about it because like i said these big corporations won't move or won't barge or won't do a thing until we tell them or we <laughs> repeatedly uh, we repeatedly uh, tell them and demand what we want for our planet so yeah and by learning we also we can also understand uh, what is the bare minimum and it somewhat allows us to um it uh, gives us the chance to like speak and to demand what we want in saving our planet so to summarize my point climate change is a very difficult and a very complex thing for all of us to figure out and there are a lot of ideas and like a lot of things that um people tend to come up with and all of these ideas like sustainability art- artificial intelligence like they are all really good ideas but at the same time there are so many gaps on how exactly are we going to execute them or how efficient is this initiative or is this or is this invention is going to be um how much energy or how much uh, land use does it require so yeah it's it's really complicated it's definitely not something that can be solved overnight or have like a one size fits all solution it's like we need um different solutions for um the different costs and the different aspects or the different factors that is contributing to climate change so when it comes to fossil fuel industries and these large corporations that were that has been releasing a lot of carbon dioxide into our atmosphere um there has to be like a general agreement like like this big not big like it 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 has to like we need to reach to like a global consensus i guess like we all have to be on the same page and demand to see change happen and although it's just really slow and really frustrating and it feels like we're doing so much but we're not being heard we are we, we still need to get them to do something about it or to stop so um figuring this thing out is something that we should all be part of because at the same time we are all part of the problem so um yeah i think that's all from me today thank you guys for listening um yeah okay bye